I know it's early. We already had prayer. So we are all ready to go, right? We've had coffee. We've had prayer. We're ready for our day. Uh, but I want to encourage you. Let's take just 60 seconds and let's just start up just a little bit more. Okay. I know uh, it's easy to get distracted early and to really get focused in. Uh, and I think what we're going to talk this morning I believe is really significant for where we're going as a church and what God's releasing in us. So let's start it up just a little bit more. God, I just thank you this morning for what you want to do. God, I pray you would release your word into our hearts. God, like we have never known, God, that you would stir us, prompt us, that we would hear your voice, God, that we would walk with authority, we would walk with passion, God, and we would be people who are moved with compassion for the world around us. God, we wouldn't just mindlessly go through our day doing tasks, but we would go through our day on a mission, God, that we would have your perspective, that we would carry the authority of God in every situation that we walk into. God, I pray you would stir us up this morning. God, that you would stir our hearts, quicken our hearts. God, that we would be confident, we would be bold, men and women, that you have called us to be, and we would walk in authority and power. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I want to talk to you real quick, um, a little bit on some on spiritual authority. I think this is something that gets really confusing a lot. Uh, and I'm going to try to break this down to a quick nutshell for you. Um, but I think a lot of times in church, we get this perspective that we got, we've got an idea, we've got a revelation. So we're right and everyone else is wrong. Anybody ever feel that way? Anybody ever see that in church anywhere? Right. Like we've got all these different denominations. It's like, well, they've missed it. Right. Because we've got the revelation. And I want to give you a quick verse, and I'm just going to tell you this is kind of more like we do for our young adult services, so um, I'm going to beat you up for a little bit and then hug you in a minute. Uh, But Matthew 20, verse 27 says, power goes to the head of the godless. Um, We've got to be very careful when we're given authority, when God has given us things that we do not try to use that for our own selfish motives, gain. I think one of the worst things that we can do as Christians is get a revelation from God, be empowered by God, and then go out and move in our own selfish ambition. And I think a lot of times we do that because we get a little bit of a glimpse of the power of the Holy Spirit, a a glimpse of what God can do through us, and all of a sudden we think that has something to do with us. And it has everything to do with Him and who He is and what He wants to do through us. And when we begin to try to operate in our own strength, our own authority, that's where people really get messed up. Anyone ever been burnt by the church? Right? It's funny that we say that because even that, we've been burnt by the church. No one's really been burnt by the church. We've been burnt by the people because the people are the church. Does that make sense? So we've got to be really careful. What we carry and present, we literally, as Christians, carry the authority of heaven to our world. When we mismanage and misuse it, we misrepresent heaven to our world. And this is the thing, I want us to jump in because I think immediately, and it's why I wanted us to kind of stir things up. Anybody ever walk into places of prayer and you feel uncomfortable to start, right? Like anyone, ask it this way. You're in a room full of people like this and I ask, okay, we're going to pray. And I start looking around to pick someone to pray and Many of us like don't make eye contact, right? Right? That's just like I do not want to pray. Or this is my favorite, especially with students. It's like, hey, will you pray for us? Okay, okay. Like, no, like with words. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like out loud. But we get so uncomfortable, right? Because that's not where our normal mode is. I want to challenge you a little bit this morning. Part of what you carry and possess as Christians is the authority of heaven, right? Our voice unlocks that. 
Don't get me wrong. God's not hung up on semantics. I want to start off with that. Okay. There's not a right and wrong way to pray, but I do want you to understand there is authority that you possess in your words. And when you speak, it literally changes the atmosphere of what you're speaking to. How do I know that God spoke the world into existence? We can break all matter down to sound at its most basic form. So literally when you speak heaven into a situation, you literally are speaking to that situation on a molecular level. You follow me. I know we're going deep early, but I want you to get this because when we understand that there is something about the way we pray, and I'm not talking about the specific words, I'm not saying there's a formula, but when you use your mouth, you engage on another level than when you simply pray in your heart. Well, God knows my heart. You're right. He does. He knows your heart, but he's empowered you with a voice. And there's something I think as Christians, we begin to move forward and understand God is unlocking something. God is doing something very unique. In our church right now, in this house, I, I don't know if you realize that a lot of us who have grown up here, the prophetic climate of this church is unusual. I mean, honestly, I sat down six months ago with the district youth director for the AG and we were having coffee and we were talking about some of the things. And I was just telling him about some of the prophetic words that our students have shared. And we got about 15 minutes in the conversation. He goes, hold on. Like, you've got students and elders and other people in the church that are all prophesying, like, regularly? <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, why is that shocking? Like, that, that was how my brain worked. And I don't mean that to sound bad, but he just went on. We started talking about how uncommon that is in the church today and how weird people tend to make things when we are spirit-filled. Okay? Here's the thing about being spirit-filled. You don't have to be weird. All right? Now, at the same time, let me just tell you that you don't have to be spooky weird, okay? When you walk up and you tell somebody a word for their life, and it speaks to something that you have no way of knowing, they're going to think that's weird, okay? You want me to be clear? (laughs) Okay? That doesn't mean you need to walk about, I've got a word from the Lord for you, brother. Like, no, that's weird. Don't do that crap, okay? Like, that's ridiculous, okay? But... If you have something you feel like God's speaking, share that. Use your brain. Listen to what God's saying and speaking to us because he's empowered us to use our voice. But I think often we tend to use our voice to portray our opinion instead of the heart of God. And I really believe God's moving us in a direction where we need to understand God is speaking to you all the time. What if, I want to challenge you with a thought. How many of you have ever been frustrated when you had someone who was sick or they were in the hospital or they were walking through a situation and you came and you prayed and you didn't see happen what you prayed for to happen? Anybody ever have that? Walk through that. Let me ask you a crazy thought. How many of you prayed and asked God what he wanted in that situation before you told God what you wanted to happen in that situation? I mean, honestly, there's so many situations we walk into and I think... A lot of times we see someone in the hospital, it's like, okay, I'm going, I'm praying for healing over them. Is does God sending you to heal them or is God sending you to comfort the family? What is God speaking? Because there is a dynamic that you are walking into and the voice of God is speaking about that situation. Don't get me wrong. I fully 100% believe there are situations and times where you are going to speak and declare healing and it unlocks something about people. In fact, I was hoping he was here this morning. He's not. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Justin DeAngelis, uh, pastor prayed for Sunday uh, and brought up. Awesome kid. Love him to death. We got first night at camp and he's kind of a quiet guy. Okay. Typically more reserved worship hits. And he's kind of just, that's just his mode, right? That's where he's comfortable. 
night one hit and there was an altar call. He came up and it was for some specific things, family wise and stuff that he was walking through. And he gets there and man, God just broke him in an incredible way. But you want to know what's amazing to me? God broke him and did an incredible work. And then worship started. And we did like do the celebration worship at the end. And he's worshiping where he's comfortable. There's nothing wrong. Well, hear me. We all tend to worship where we're comfortable. That doesn't mean we're necessarily worshiping where we're the most effective. Because the next thing that went on, we happened to be going through a situation. He was having some back issues. They had been hurting him all day. Uh, and we got to another thing. And I actually went and prayed for him. And you know what was amazing to me? I prayed for his back immediately. He was healed, like started jumping. Here's here's what I want you to understand. When God touched his heart. It changed his perspective. When God touched his body, it changed his expression. Because then he began to worship loud from the front, jumping. You guys have seen him on Sundays. There is something I'm going to point out our students real quick. There is something God has unleashed in our students right now. And here's the thing I love is it was not a camp experience. It's a Jesus movement because a week later it didn't start to wane out. And see, here's the thing. That wasn't because they went to a camp. It wasn't because they had a great speaker come talk to them. It was because they encountered the presence of God in a way they have never encountered the presence of God. And it awakened them to listen to the voice of God like they've never heard before. That changes something about the way you function on the outside. And here's the thing. The way we function on the outside. I'm going to camp on this for just a second. Because I think we walk through so many things. and It's like, God, help this person. Help that person. What did you go say to that person? What did you go do for that person? Don't just pray God help somebody. Physically engage with people. See, this is the thing. I, I think as Christians, we get very frustrated because we want to wield the power of God. Instead of possessing the heart of God. And we get in situations, I want you to think about this for a second. Look through Jesus' ministry, and when Jesus begins to heal people and miraculous things begin to happen, they're always led with this amazing statement. I'll give you a few examples. Matthew 14, 14. It says, when he went ashore, there was a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them, and he healed their sick. Mark 1, 41. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out, touched him, and said, be healed. Matthew 20, 34. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight. Mark 6, 34, he had compassion on them, so he began to teach them many things. What is the key here? The compassionate heart of God released something about the supernatural to a situation. It's not about what God wants to use you for and create a platform for you. It's about what God wants to do through you when we're submitted and humbled and allow him to move. But here's the thing. You've got to remove you from that equation. Because when we try to keep us in the middle of that equation, we mix it up, we mess it up, we begin to give a prophetic word that is a word and we give a paragraph, right? And we try to read into their situation and I know their family dynamic and God gave a word of healing and you know their grandma's sick. Maybe you may not know that their backs have it, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden you begin to divert that word to what you think it should fit. Uh -uh. Remove you from the equation. What's God want to do through you? There is something he's empowered you to as Christians to walk and move and live in that unlocks the supernatural in the world around you. Proverbs 28. I'm sorry. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring life and death to those who talk will reap the consequences. Think about this. There's power of life and death in the tongue. That's awesome. But those who love to talk will reap the consequences. 
You've been given a power. Wield it wisely. Wield it wisely. What is it God is wanting to release to the world through you, through your surrendered, available life, through you engaging your words in a situation? Everybody, anybody ever watch, uh, I just went completely blank, um, Police Academy. Right. OK. Not an endorsement. movie. I'm not saying go watch it. Blah, blah, blah. There's my disclaimer. But if you've seen it. OK. There is this chick in the movie and she's real quiet. And, timid. and everything she does, she like talks like this. Yes. And they're like they're yelling like you've got to command the room. You got someone. Yes, sir. OK. Yes, I'll do that. Yeah. And like that's how she's talking the whole thing. And they're trying and trying and trying. And everything she does, she just, just talks so quiet. It's so meek. And just, that's her personality. And then there's one point in this in this movie, in this situation where she kicks the door down, she pulls her gun, she goes, freeze their bag, and like screams, and everybody like, what? <laughs> she understood that when she used her voice, it initiated her authority on another level. See, guys, the thing about spiritual authority, I want you to understand, we are under authority because of people who God has put in our life to speak teach and correct you there's also a spiritual authority that you carry and you possess that you release to your world when you engage your voice and your faith guys i want to challenge you you are leaders you are here after six o'clock prayer at eight o'clock trying to get more from god get outside of your comfort zone i'm going to really challenge you for a minute get outside of where you're comfortable Yeah, I understand that's where you're comfortable, but that's not where you have the most authority. You follow me. Don't do something for show. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But as leaders, there is something that we carry where we have to make our frustrations and our lows a little bit higher. Why? Because there's other people looking at our life. That's the nature of influence. That's the nature of authority. Let me help all of you real quick. Because immediately when I said, I guarantee there are people in this room that just disqualified themselves. Well, I'm not in authority position. I'm not in leadership position. Let me help you. Each and every single one of you have authority and people look to you. There is nobody in this room that does not have someone that looks to you. Anybody in here have a person who calls you when they're having a situation or a frustration or something they're walking through? That's someone who looks to you. So the way you carry yourself speaks to them. Don't disqualify yourself by any age or what you've walked through. There is something you carry and you possess as Christians. And it's the thing that I find really interesting. A lot of times in spirit-filled churches, we get weird, loud, crazy, right? And I'm, I'm going to go here for a second. And then you've got the Baptist group over here. They just don't get it, right? Okay. I married a girl who grew up Baptist church, and I, and I understand there are two very different worlds in the way they function. That does not mean they are different worlds in the fact that God has called them for a purpose. We all have a different way that we express things, but no matter what your comfortable situation of expression is, you need to push yourself beyond where you're comfortable to be who God's called you to be. Does that make sense? And here's what I mean by that, because there's a different revelation that we carry as a spirit-filled church that believes in all of the gifts of the Spirit and the authority of heaven that we carry, and it is tendency... To be more self-centered because I want more of the power of God, right? Where you've got other groups where they tend to be more outward focused, right? Now you'll go and it's like, man, this is like the frozen chosen church. Like nobody, everybody's dead. Services are boring, but man, they dump 
millions into missions. They dump millions into, you see what I'm saying? Like there's just a different authority they carry. There's a different thing that they possess. Don't think your gift looking different means you don't carry the same authority that someone else does. Do you follow me? There is something that I want us to understand because there is the loudest voice in the room does not make you the most powerful voice in the room. Okay. The most surrendered heart to God makes you the most powerful in the room. Do you follow me? Because you aren't powerful. He is. And the less involved we are in that situation, the mechanics of that, the more he's allowed to move through us because we've given him that ability. One of the things I feel like is so important in our world is God has given us authority in your world. And responsibility comes with that, guys. What if, just think about it for a second. What if when you went to the gas station, you listened to the voice of God when you're talking to the attendant? What if when you're at the gas station, God spoke to you to fill up the car next to you and you didn't know that's a single mom who ran there on fumes, who literally was scrounging through the cup holder to find change to get enough gas to get home? Do you follow me? Like, just be available. Listen to the voice of God. It doesn't need to be a platform in a church. I really believe there is a move of God of the supernatural like we have never seen coming to the church. But I also believe it is going to hit us in a way we have never experienced. And I believe most of that will happen outside of the four walls of the church as the church itself is empowered to live the life we've been called to live. But that requires us to get out of our comfort zone and use our voice. Honestly. Anybody ever... Last illustration. I'm running out of time. Anybody ever been a uh, grocery store somewhere and you felt like God spoke to you and you were like, man, I, I just don't know if I can say something to them, right? Yeah. Like, they're going to think this is weird. Let me ask you a question. How many times do you go to the grocery store and you see people that you will never see again in your life? Yeah. Who cares if they think you're weird? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they might think I'm weird for the 35 seconds that you talk to them. And you will never see them again in your life. Or you just may change the very course of their life for eternity. Which is more powerful? But that's my comfort zone. But it's what I'd like to be. Use your voice. Be the men and women of God that he's called you to be. Get outside of where you're comfortable and begin to allow the voice of God to move through you. But that means we've got to transition from this idea that in order to reach people, We've got to get them to come to church. No, don't get me wrong. We need to invite people to church. I'm not saying don't invite people to church, but church is where we're equipped. Church is where we are surrounded so that we can have these. You follow me? People's lives are changed at church, but people should be coming to church because they saw God in you in a way they've never seen before. And they want to know where you got that and how you knew what to do and how you heard the voice of God as clearly as you did. That's why the church should be expanding, not, hey, God really wants to do something awesome. You need to come to church so you can hear my pastor. Because let's be honest, that's what that becomes. And what we tend to do, and we try to qualify by, we want to reach the lost. Well, then reach them. Use your voice and reach them. God has empowered you just as much as he has empowered me, just as much as he has empowered pastor, to speak the gospel to the world around you. Matthew 6 9 through 13, I'm going to paraphrase here just a little bit. Uh, focus on verse 9, 9 and 10 if you're taking notes. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be our name. Their kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. 
See, the message that Jesus brought, we confuse a lot. And you guys will hear me say this often. We often confuse the message of Jesus to limiting it to the cross. The message of Jesus was bringing heaven to earth. And we were empowered to be the voice of God on the earth through Jesus on the cross. See, that's a component that we need in order to be the empowered church to do what God's called us to do. But that part was required so that he could go to heaven and send the Holy Spirit so that we could be the empowered bride of Christ released upon the earth, bringing heaven to every situation. We've limited it to you need to know about Jesus. He died for you. Now come to church and hear my pastor tell you how to be a good Christian. That is not the gospel. That is not the Christianity God intended. The Christianity God intended is you are the empowered bride of Christ. Go make disciples, bring heaven to earth. Use your voice, speak with authority, walk into situations and call order where there is no order. Be the men and women of God that he has called you to be. And that requires us to step outside of where we are comfortable. But it allows us to step into where we were created to be. Because you can't have both. <laughs> you can't have both. I want you to, I'm going to conclude with this. Uh, obviously, you guys have already taken a step. We're here. God is doing something amazing in us as a church. But when Jesus called the disciples, they didn't become disciples till they got out of the boats. They didn't become disciples till they dropped what they were doing to follow him. Do not miss Pause. Pause. Time out. Don't misunderstand me. Do not go to your work today and I'll quit your jobs because you want to do what God's called you to do. Okay. (laughs) Right. That's not what I'm saying. It's not about leaving the desires that God's put in your heart. It's not about leaving the desires that God's put in your heart. It's about understanding that God has put those desires in your heart for a purpose to be used by God in those situations and in those avenues. You're not at your job by accident. You're there because God placed you there. But we walk through so many times and we're so frustrated because, well, God, I just can't wait till I get back to church and I can feel God move. Well, God needs to move in your work. Don't go get fired because at lunchtime God needs to move in your work and you start walking around to all your uh, everybody in your office and start anointing them with oil. Don't be weird. okay? don't be that guy or girl, whatever. Right. Just walk with authority. Listen to the voice of God. What does he want to speak to you when you're standing at the coffee station and you're talking to somebody and they're telling you how bad their weekend was? How was your weekend? Fine. Was it? Was it fine or did you experience God this weekend in a way that literally changed your life? It should be every time you open your word and get in, you should be getting some new revelation. And let me help you with that. That doesn't mean it's going to be the most exciting thing that you've ever done every single time you open your Bible. Okay. But if we live by revelation, then it's really cool because we can read something that seemed to be so boring and we can pull something very interesting. Right. So then when people ask, how's your day? It's fine. No, actually, this happened at my church this weekend or this happened. You know, I was at the grocery store and I actually saw somebody healed because God gave us a word and we pray for him. And I mean, sorry, you know, you may not believe in all that's fine. I'm not trying to convert you, but here's what God did in my life this weekend. You just preach the gospel. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Let me retranslate that to you. You overcome by the grace of God given to us by Jesus dying on the cross and by telling people the story of what God's done in your life. 
Let's de-churchify that phrase for a minute so that we can understand. It is really about us telling people what God is doing and who he is in us. That's what unlocks and releases the revelation of God to them because all of a sudden God is real and practical for everything they're doing, not a God of a history book that they really don't want to read. Last thing, <laughs> Matthew eighteen eighteen says, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbid in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Again, I want to land here. You as a Christian carry the authority of heaven to everywhere you go. And we love the part where we walk into a situation and we have the authority of God that we can speak life and we can change a situation. But you can't forget the part that when you walk into a situation and you allow something to remain, you just contributed that to expanding on the earth. Here's what I mean by that. When you are in a situation where someone is frustrated and you allow them to continue that frustration, you're contributing to their frustration. You, you follow me when you walk in and you hear someone telling a joke that's not really appropriate, but you don't want to be that guy. Right. Here's the thing. You don't have to call order to their moral compass. You can simply say, hey, excuse yourself. OK, you can walk away from the situation. You don't have to be the moral compass for everyone in the room. But to allow yourself to stand there in the middle of a conversation that, you know, is inappropriate is an endorsement to that conversation. Follow me. Let's be adults. How many? Let's be honest. We hear far more things that we should not allow in our life than we ever want to admit. What you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. What you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. You carry the authority of heaven to allow things or to call order to things. That, again, that does not mean you are called to be the police of everyone around you. That means you are called to carry authority when you walk into a situation. This weekend, me and Jason Bingham and a few other guys from the church went and we were playing airsoft. And you know what was really funny? Not one time did we say that we were Christians the entire time we were there. And there were multiple people using all kinds of language around us all morning long. But you know what was funny? By lunchtime, every single person there, when they would begin to say something, would say, oh, excuse my language, or oh, I'm sorry for that. By the end of the time, almost no one was cursing anymore. And we never told anyone not to curse around us. We simply removed ourselves from that situation, and they noticed we never did. Do you see the difference? We didn't permit something to be a part of the conversation of our life, and it literally changed the dynamic and the atmosphere without ever having to correct anyone. We carried the authority of heaven in what we lived. We were aware of the voice of God in our situation. Guys, we try to overcomplicate so much. Let's be honest. You can change a situation by the attitude you bring to it. Not just by the words that you say in it. Anybody ever got in a car and somebody was just rocking out, having their, like, whatever, best song? You jump in a car and you just, like, you just feel happy, right? You ever, like, there's just an atmosphere in a car. Sometimes when you get in, it's just like, you're excited. You don't even know why. It's weird, right? <laughs> you ever got in a car and somebody just had a fight? And nobody said a word. You weren't there for the fight. But when you got in, you knew, right? Why? Because there literally is something about the atmosphere around our lives. Absolutely true. That's good. 
you carry an atmosphere around your life. People should be able to walk up and feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, whether they believe in the Holy Spirit or not, because it is so thick in who you are and the convictions you carry. That only happens when we remove ourselves and allow ourselves to hear the voice of God in our life every day with what he's called us to walk through. Here's my challenge. We're done at 8.30. I'm 8.29. Here's my challenge to you for today. Slow down and listen to the voice of God. What does he want to speak to you about your day? What assignment has he given you in your day? It is not just to go to work, get your job done so you can go home and try to relax. There is an assignment that God has given you today. What is that? Listen for it. Be obedient when God speaks to you. Maybe he'll give you a word for somebody. Maybe it's to pray for somebody. Maybe, check this out, maybe it's not to walk over and lay hands on somebody and pray for them. Maybe you'll hear someone talking about their marital situation or whatever they're going through, and it's for you to go and intercede for them at your lunch break. Let him speak to you. Let him define that. We try to define it so often because these are the mechanics of how to be a good Christian. No. The mechanics of how to be a good Christian are really simple. God speaks, we listen, we obey. That's it. It's not overcomplicated. There's not a formula. It's simply about being obedient to the voice of God in our life, and that causes us to live an empowered life where we carry the authority of heaven to every situation that we walk into. Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you so much for these men and women that you have called to this place, God, that you have given the authority of heaven. God, I thank you that you have called us to something so much more than we could ever dream or imagine. God, I pray that today you would stir us to move beyond the places we are comfortable and to use our voice that we are able to speak into situations, that we are able to speak life to people who are hurting in this world and not just give them Christian verses, but actually speak words of wisdom, knowledge, and life into who they are and what's going on in their situation. God, I pray that you would speak to us today as we go through our day with clarity, that we would know that you are speaking and we would be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One quick thing. And we're dismissed. Sorry, I just thought of this as I said the last thing. For those of you who don't know for sure if it's God's voice or not, it sounds a lot like you, okay? But if it's to do something helpful, it's probably not you. <laughs> Let me just throw that out there. If you're like me anyway, it's like, hey, be nice to that person. Oh, that's God, right? <laughs> God sounds a lot like you, so don't dismiss it. Just be obedient. All right, have a great day.